Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Okay, I cannot tell you how pumped I am for you to listen, watch, just absorb my next guest. Talk about leap of faith, hoochie mama. But before we get into my guest, I just want to say again, Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and your good vibes. So many doors have been freaking wide open that I'm actually finally walking through the best clients, the best speaking gigs, the nicest networking people. You guys rock. I love you. I'm giving you big virtual hugs. Now, let me tell you about Ken Stearns. Ken is a seasoned corporate professional and an adventurous entrepreneur who has lived overseas 20 years and has recently traded it all in for a van, a microphone, a jar full of questions to travel American and ask life's big questions in his own podcast called The Jar Live. It's awesome by the way his podcast is awesome but more importantly he freaking is awesome i wanted to just drive wherever he was so he could interview me in person and he could pick out questions from his jar you are going to love him as always i really appreciate you listening watching sharing liking rating it it means the world to me and it will meet the world to ken toodles This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, 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 my Let's Keep It Real people, this is a treat. Somebody had to reschedule, and just at that moment, and you know how I am about timing is everything, Ken, that's right, Ken Stearns, who's here with us, said, I want to be on your show. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's either like July or now, and he's like, oh, I'll go now. So here he is. Hey, Ken, how are you? Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out, man. Keep it real. Let's keep it real today. All right. So before we get into where you are, where your van is, why you have a van, why'd you leave Asia, all these questions I have rolling around my hand. If you were going to tell me just one word, good, bad, or ugly, hmm. to best describe your past 30 days, give me one word, whatever pops in your head. And Grounding. Why. Grounding. Okay. Grounding. Good visit with them. Spent a bit of time, as I mentioned, when, the, when we were just ch- uh, getting on uh, and talking, spent some time with family, uh, which is always great. I've been on the road. For, I was on the road from April to December, so it's a bit lonely, you know, to all the way to the end of December uh, by myself running around doing the doing the show. And while you're surrounded by people, still missing my family, you know, my kids. And uh, oh, okay. yeah. so I see the kids and the grandkids. And then I and I just came here in this little lake house uh, in Georgia about two weeks ago. And, you know, I just have this beautiful view out in front of me. Uh, and it was just really to to kind of recollect myself before I get back on the road and do the second half of the trip. And so it's been very grounding, very peaceful. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really good place. So I love that you recognized I need to take a break. 
and get back to my roots, back to my family and mm. ground myself. I need to ground myself. Yeah. So you said that even though I want to hear more about this, even though you're traveling around meeting fascinating, interesting people, it's still lonely. So absolutely. Let's absolutely. more about that. Yeah. I, you know, because you are, this is an interesting job in a way, and I can call it almost a job or a career or a lifestyle or a, a I'm, I'm absolutely, all it. it's all of those things, right? It's everything together. Therapy. It's, uh, you know, it's the other side of therapy. <laughs> it's on both ends. Um, and I'm with people. That's, I almost qualified that statement when I said it, you know, it was a lot, it's lonely. Um, I'm with people all the time, you know, and of course I get back to my room, of course, normal travel stuff. You're there's times and you're alone. Um, you're listening to people's stories and you're giving a lot in that process. Now you gain a lot. There's for sure a lot of good, positive mm -hmm. vibrations you get. Um, but you also are present. You're very present for the guest. And like you, like, you know, when you're on the show, you're listening yeah. to words and you're trying to, to hear what they're saying and what they're not saying. And, and it's, it's draining. And I did that for almost one episode a day, probably five or six a week. Uh, five point something a week for eight months. Um, I was on a tear. I was on quite, a, and I was in 50 cities. So, or six, I've been in 60 cities and I've done 200 interviews uh, from April to mid December. And, you know, that was a hard, I mean, I was just going and, um, you know, when I pulled up and I, you know, when I finally kind of lifted my head up out of the, out of the, you know, just grindstone, um, I just kind of said, you know, I need to see my family, man. I'm a little bit not lonely. I miss people. I miss, I miss those people that love me. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that I love them. I, I needed that. Not, not people that know me and love me in a way of a human relationship, but people that familia love. Yeah. Part of the grounding. It's so true because, you know, I see these people all the time when I, I do a lot of networking and I'll run into people who live by themselves and their family doesn't live around, you know, young yes. and old, yeah. whatever they've grown, they moved out, they're divorced, they whatever for jobs, they moved away from their family. And they'll look at me and say, Sandy, but I'm lonely. And now I get it. You put a different spin on it because yes, they're talking to these people, but they don't know them. You know, yeah, you don't yeah, just yeah. walk in the door and they've known you for X amount of years and they uh, love different. you openly, unconditionally, <laughs> warts and all. It's a different feeling. Yeah. It's a totally different feeling. It connects differently. It's a different yeah. connection altogether. And you know, it's weird. I'm totally comfortable in my own skin. I'm not a lonely, like a lonely person. I, no. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never like that in a, in a lonely way. I, I guess it's kind of hard to, I'm saying the word and it means different things, I guess. No, I know what you um, mean. Know yeah. What you yeah. Mean. I'm not lonely. Uh, I'm very fulfilled, uh, yeah. but it is that connection, right? That grounding. And yeah. I was, I, I was, I longed for that, I guess maybe as a, a, a version of the lonely. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine and she said her family doesn't live anywhere near or they're they've passed on. So she's always with her spouse's family and she loves um, them. They're great, but it's all their story. She's like, it's like, and she's like, I just need my peeps. So what she I, did <laughs> is she formed her own that. community that wasn't her family because she says as much as they love me, it's all about them, all about their childhood, on and on and on. And they couldn't get it. They're like, but we love you. We accept you. You're, we're like, yeah, 
I'm just well, listening to all your stories. Yeah. Yes. Jennifer. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have her call you. No. <laughs> yeah. Have her, I want to be in the club. <laughs> like I, one of my guests, uh, fathers, um, has an, uh, a podcast called the, the something misfits. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Something, something misfits. Anyway, it's kind of a cute and it's an assemblance of misfits. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's the same podcast. I interviewed this guy and I said, why the misfits? And they were, um, in the army together and they found each other and they would say the toys, you know, misfits. Yeah. Toys. Yeah. yeah. The misfits. They felt like when they came back. And so the misfits, but anyhow. Okay. All right. So I do want to dive into, you know, Asia executive in the insurance world to a van. But first I want to find out <laughs> what does your family think about you doing all this and how old are your kids and what's yeah. going on there? Like, all right, what's dad doing now? Yeah. And they, and they definitely, you know, I'm definitely the oddball for sure. Um, you know, they, <laughs> they look at me and just think, you know, what's dad doing now? I think they were, my girls are, I too have two daughters. One's 28, one's 32, uh, super supportive. I mean, I've got the loveliest kids. I'm so uh -huh. lucky. Yeah, uh -huh. really good relation. And this is something you take for granted until you talk to people and you travel and you and you listen mm -hmm. to stories. You know, I've got a good relationship with my daughters, and that is an amazing thing. Um, super lucky, and they're very supportive. In fact, my daughter, my youngest, is helping me on the show through a very wow. weird, weird set of circumstances, un very unlikely uh, to have ever happened. Uh, yeah. But for this moment, it's happening, and I'm I'm enjoying it. And it may not be forever, but it's for now. And um, yeah. so I've got my I get to, I have a reason to call my daughter every day and and chit chat about stuff and then about work, work, and that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And you know, we're I'm an insurance guy. She's a an animal professional. She's basically a, a kind of a, a a zoo. She could be a zookeeper. Basically, oh. she's got a degree in wild animal management. And, uh, you know, so the, what's the, what's the chances of a zoo person and an insurance person working together? Well, pretty low, but yeah. apparently in, in podcasting it's quite high. Yeah. Um, true. True. Right. The place of the, the mis land of the misfits over here. Yeah. Um, so they're both, they're both very, um, very supportive. I've got two brothers really supportive. Uh, I'm staying at my sister's place here and she's just been, you know, she's amazing. She's like, spend, spend as much time there as you need, you know, get your rest, get your, you know, do your writing, do your thinking, whatever you need. Call us. It's just great. I got, I'm so, I'm really lucky. Friends the all same right. way. They all think I'm crazy though. A little bit I, crazy, but, but they're supportive. I feel like they think, you know, you might be a little more creative in a different way. Than most <laughs> yes. I bet you they enjoyed that. They enjoy that. All right. So now let's back up. Here you are. I don't know if you lived in Asia or you just worked for a company in Asia, but tell them a little bit about what you did before the jar. Sure. So I was um, married and a couple kids in 2000, uh, 2000 and uh, I applied for a job in Asia. I had a, I was an insurance guy with a particularly weird set of skills and I found an ad on the early, early internet. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what was the weird set of skills? Uh, I, there was a, there's a particular, um, there's a tax law in the U S around employee benefits. And so I could, I would approach corporates mm -hmm. 
And the idea was talk to the HR or the owner to allow us to come and present insurance to staff. And then those, gotcha. those premiums, any, if an, if an employee signs up, those premiums are pre-tax payments. So okay. it's, so your net it's, you know, you reduce your tax, the employee reduces their tax on something they would probably buy outside. Uh, and then the employer also got a tax break, but it was that sell the employer and sell the employee as a kind of a complicated sales process. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and the, the backend processing of it's quite different than normal insurance sales. So there's quite a bit of complex complexity added to an insurance company. When you sell like this, the training and everything else is a little bit different. So I had, I was pretty successful at that in, in California and, um, and went out to Asia Moved, moved my family to Hong Kong in 2000. Oh, Hong Kong. In 2001, we moved to Hong Kong, uh, brought the whole family out there. And uh, we, then I, you know, and ended up getting divorced um, after about 10 years. And my and kids, you Hong Kong? I loved Hong Kong. We loved and no, we they all, didn't like Hong Kong. Oh, they loved it. Everybody loved it. Actually, it was, it's a great, it's a great place to be. Um, and, and at that time it was a great, it was, the city was really vibrant and really great. It was before. I want to go to Hong Kong. Oh, it's a great, it's a cool city and a lot of fun and um, great place to live. We had, had a blast and uh, corporate, you know, my kids eventually, of course, when emigrated back, they went back to go to school, right. They went to university oh, okay. and everything else. So I ended yeah. up kind of being out, staying out there working and working the career and I ended up moving a bit. So I ended up in, I was in Hong Kong for 12 years. And then um, I had a opportunity to move to Vietnam uh, to run, to help run an insurance company there. And then Indonesia, uh, when that ended, they sent me to Thailand. Uh, and then I took a job in India. I lived in Mumbai for one year. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, um, then I went back to Vietnam and um, I finished my finished my two year, three, almost three years in Vietnam uh, during okay. COVID, mostly during COVID. Sorry. I've only been to Thailand, so I haven't been to the others. Do you have a favorite? I mean, di- favorites for different things. I think you know, Thailand is a, Thailand's a really great place to go because it's very, um, it's very service-minded culturally. The people are very service-minded. Uh, oh. The infrastructure is really good for tourism. So if you're going to be a tourist- the pricing is really good relatively. It's, it's quite cheap. Uh, you can, and you can, if you want to live there, if you, if you're not going to be a tourist staying in a hotel, like a, you know, five-star or name brand hotel, if you're going to downgrade and you get an apartment or something, you want to live there, it's cheap. Mm-hmm. It's, then it's like cheap, cheap. Yeah. Um, but uh, Vietnam for the food, best Asian food on the planet is in Vietnam. I knew so, you were going to say that. It's Ooh. the best food. By, what about people? Who are your favorite people? Oh, tough. I, I love them all, actually. Oh, they were all good? Yeah. I really, you know, everybody I worked, every country I worked in with the people I worked with and stuff, I have, I mean, so many great okay. memories. Secretaries, yeah. staff, bosses, um, clients, you know, the customers, and then the agencies we might. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's some quite, or translation. I mean, a lot of my work, I never really learned any language fluent. I never learned anything to speak locally. Um, you know, outside of the office, just some gibberish. But, um, you know, if we talk to people, a lot of people speak English, but you get, yeah. you know, the lower socioeconomically, less exposure they get. And um, we use translation. I use my phone. I used my phone. And you can use your phone. You can use your phone. Yeah. I mean, for normal street stuff, you know, use your phone in restaurants and stuff. But yeah. when you get into a client, 
situation, you'll have a translator. Um, although maybe it's probably better to use the phone. You never <laughs> sometimes, know. Sometimes you never know. Well, there's for sure the translation is always subject to uh, interpretation. Yeah. Okay. So now you're in Vietnam enjoying the most amazing food. Great food. And, and, and I've been a corporate person for a long time. I've been in, you know, I've been wearing a tie since I was, you know, 20. Um, started wearing ties as an intern in, in school. And um, I'm getting tired of it. And I'm not sure I can keep going. You know, I'm pretty burned out. I had a pretty no, crazy career. Talk about yourself because you said your kids went off to school. I'm, I'm by myself. Yeah, I'm by yeah. myself. I'm in Vietnam. I've got a nice apartment. I've got a great corporate job. And, you know, what am I in my contracts coming up? Uh, it's the end of COVID. My contract's going to come up. I, and I signed a two-year deal. And I and I knew my next, I would probably move companies and I would sign a contract and the money would take a while. You're talking three to five years before you really see the real results. And then, you know, of course, the money comes with that, uh, assuming you can get the result. So it's, you know, do I stay and I want to be 65 coming home, I'm going to be fried and I'll be a vegetable. When I come back, I'll be a vegetable, honestly. And, um, and I had, I had started some intentionally, my jobs over a bit of the time got progressively a little bit easier. I mean, I had some really insane jobs. They were literally, you know, five and a half hours sleep a night and you're working like a maniac. Um, Mm. Crazy jobs, really interesting, but, but crazy. And the mind, you know, your mind is, there's no room for creativity. There's no room for a Ken. You don't have any personal identity at that point. You're basically drank the Kool-Aid of the company and you are playing a full-time role. Your hat is on, you've got the makeup on, and you are an actor 24-7. Either Even when I go out, I'm an actor. And um, But I took a job in Thailand and my that job was very easy. And uh, my creativity was bubbling up. The stuff that I would pour it into corporate needed an exit. And, you know, it started popping up in other places. And, you know, I have this, this one of my, you know, rules of unintended consequences, you know, of, of momentum and action and doing things and uh, doing things intentionally, but the unintended consequences from that intentional action. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a kind of makes sense. Uh, for example, I decided my daughter's talking about, you know, supportive. I was, uh, we were coming back from uh, her school in Arizona, going through Vegas. And I said, I want to get a guitar. I want to play. I want to go back to Thailand, I want to have a guitar and I want to, I want to learn, I'm going to get a lessons and I'm going to, I'm going to play. She's like, Oh, we should do it. Let's do it. So, you know, like my, a lot of daughters yeah. have been like that stupid dad, you know, you're 54, you're not going to be playing guitar. You know, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be little pink houses and everything. You know, you're not that guy. And she's like, that's great. Let's do it. Let's go find one. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a story around when I went in there and we found the guitar, but in the fast forward of it is I found a teacher in Thailand and I had started writing a book quite some time before. Um, I had two books, One Dear Dad and One Dear God, basically letters I would write to my father and ask and just share things that happened in my life. He passed when I was 28. And so I was now, you know, 40 something, four, I was 50. Yeah. And, and I had this so many times I would want to call my father, but I couldn't. And there were things. So I started this dear, when I was on the airplanes, I'd write these lo- notes. And then somewhere visiting my mom, who was super faithful, I ended up with this dear God, you know, so I had these two, this concept of two books. 
So I got this guitar guy and he's telling me after a couple of lessons, we should write a song. We should write a song. Let's write a song. Now, every week it was every other week. And finally, I'm like, I have some letters. Let me go pull those out and we can let's highlight some songs. out. I'm sure there's some chorus. Yeah. I'm sure we, I can find at least a couple of verses. And yeah. so before I knew it, we wrote a song a couple of weeks. It took about a month by the time, you know, different Sundays we got together and, and we wrote a song and then we published it and, you know, got the copyright. And I thought, oh, this is all cool. And then I ran out of words because we wrote another song and then another song. And then I said, shit, I, I only, I, this is just like a, some notes on paper. It's not even a manuscript. So yeah. I had to start. So I had to pick the book up and it's weird. You know, there's no decision why I picked dear God or dear dad. But I thought that Dear God would have more powerful lyrics. Uh, I don't know why, but I picked up, you know, and I just thought, you know, that, that probably is going to be better words, I guess. And so I didn't do it for any reason other than that. And I know it sounds goofy, but I ended up really falling in love with the book and the structure of the book and the construct and the idea. And I and that was actually really was there was some purpose behind me picking that book. So I'll explain yeah. a little bit about the, the co construct of the book. It's just, it's letters to God. And these are, these are not, it's not a religious book. It's a spiritual kind of a, a yeah. it's a spiritual reconciliation. I could call it. I, I was raised a Catholic. I was an altar boy, kind of fell away from the church. I wouldn't go to church anymore. I moved to Asia. I live in a godless country. Hong Kong's pretty godless. Uh, Vietnam is definitely godless. You know, and, it, and it's real. I mean, there is no God in the culture. There's nothing. It's, it's very unlike America where people don't realize, you know, how Judeo-Christian centralized we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so here I go to these. Then I live in a Muslim country. I live in a Hindu country. I live in a Buddhist country. I believe nothing anymore. Right. And I believe everything. I believe all of it because it's all so cool. And then I believe none of it. So yeah. I had these. So I start really constructing the book around my own, you know, if I was to ask God, how am I doing? Do I have this right? Have I figured it out? And so I started with the, the self, you know, I started with the self and said, okay, you know, my biggest struggles are my yesterdays, my todays and my tomorrows, the battlefield of my mind. You know, it's all in here. Your yesterday, everything in here is about your yesterdays, your todays, your tomorrows, right? And then all of it's just stuff that's in your mind. Yeah. And, and then the book of others between myself and the next and another person, an individual, and, you know, the things that struggle with people struggle with I struggle acceptance forgiveness and compassion and how can I lead a better life you know around managing myself and then using those tools to not manage but to be what I, I am when I face other people you know have yeah. those skill sets and then kind of a humanity approach uh, was love karma treating people like you want to be treated generally and service you know, being in service of others. And then the last one was dear, it was God, the book of, you know, the book of you. Because we're all, you know, it's kind of humanity and there's only one thing left and that's creation. You know, how did, you know, whether you're, wherever you're at on that spiritual spectrum, right? Yeah. Whether you're even, even in an atheist way, there's still a lot in the book um, that can help you. And at the end is this, this last part, which is the dear God part. And it's, you know, it could be prayer, which is mindfulness, you know, it could be prayer. Or it could be spiritual, the way you look at life. So it was faith, hope, and hope is such a great word, man. I mean, you know, I've fallen in love with the hope word. 
Mm-hmm. And so faith, hope, and prayer, and, and you call it mindfulness or, 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 you know, just um, meditation, whatever. But those are the, those are the, the pieces in the book and kind of a weird, I don't, not quite sure, but I end up really digging into the book and hardly remember writing some of it, you know, is that muse, you know, the muse part was coming in play and I was doing the right thing for the right reasons. And I was getting help. And I'm not quite sure how I had this kind of weird idea about traveling, you know, my retirement, getting a mobile home and just driving around the country, enjoying life. And somehow that idea came together with the podcast. And, and then I realized, you know, I got to get to quit. Like, how am I going to do the interviews? What's that going to be about normal human interviews? Um, And then somehow I got the idea to use the book as the questions. And so I, I took the book and I put, every page up, every letter and and an Excel sheet. And I sat down and began to write over a couple of weeks. And again, I don't even remember writing the questions. It's kind of a weird Sandy, but I ended up with 444 questions. That's plenty. About eight, about eight questions for each page. So, you know, each of this 48. So, um, so the, the way the book's constructed the like love, for example, every, every letter has got four parts to it. So where I'm kind of like, I have a, a hypothesis and then I kind of test it. And so my first one was love, which is, you know, you got to love yourself, self-love first, then you can love somebody else without loving yourself, this broken love. And then you can love another person. And you really, it's hard to love another person. I'm sorry. Sorry. You, 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 you could love yourself. You can love another person and then you can accept love. You can be loved. But it's hard to love, and those two can are kind of blended. And the last yeah. one was teaching love, yeah. sharing love, sharing the concept of how you know what it looks like and and how to do it. Um, so there's 48 letters overall, and so you know 444 questions. Um, so it's great, and I printed them out. Let's see if I got my, uh, I can take my little blur off for a second. So that's a jar. There's the jar, baby. And you can see the whoops, you can see the questions in there. And um, that's what people, that's what the the guest will see. They'll see that and yeah. they'll and they'll reach inside and and uh pull a question and and start to talk. And I there's love some that. It, I love that. And we never know what they're gonna get. I'll just give you I'll give you th- pull out whatever I pulled out, three questions. Just read them real fast. Okay. Does the beginning of a new day excite you or overwhelm you? Was there a time you needed a compassionate soul and they appeared? Do you believe in helping others? So it's just, it's, it's an op, it's an opportunity for people to share their story of who they are as a human, who they are as a person through these questions, which are, you know, these kind of human kind of questions and their whole story comes out. It's fascinating. Oh yeah. No matter what way you come in, it's going to circle around. I'm and thinking- it circle and it circles around. I'm thinking of some people I know that they sometimes they they don't want to come on my podcast because I don't have set questions for them. Do you have ever guests go <laughs> know what you're going to ask me? One, two, three. Do they ever get like, or are they all like chill? Every everybody, I, it's interesting. People come on, and a lot of people don't don't research much. They just, they, they accept the show and they come on and I'm, and I'm actually quite okay with that because my show is a little bit about the spot. It's about spontaneity. And and so people are crazy. They just want like, someone's going to listen to me. I'm going to go on that show. 
I, this is the part where I'm just, you know, people want to be heard so desperately. Right. And, right. and especially people who feel they have something to share that they think will help other people. Absolutely. Which I, I'm, and this part is like so, like it's so touching. They want to get on because it's like, I have a story and, and, and people can hear it and then it'll help people. I hope it will help people. And they're willing to put their name out there. Like the Tim Logden guy, you had mentioned the guy that stopped drinking. You listened to one of the shows, his name's Tim. And, you know, I mean, man, I get chills just, just, just mentioning his name and I got, I got a chill. I mean, his story was so powerful. And a guy I just had it this morning, um, molested, raped, not molested, molested would be a different version. His was rape was the word he used at four. He was raped at four. Not Tim, but another another guest. Uh, I just and I just added it, just editing his episode, um, and he's ended up he ended up with colon cancer, and you know his story about having a colostomy bag. I mean, he's just like such a great person, and he's got such an amazing outlook on life, yeah. and like he he should be so bitter and so angry, and he's not. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's the opposite of that, and. Um, so it is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a joy because people come on because they want to share their journey and um, it's just beautiful. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, you know, like I'm thinking of all the people when I'm looking, you know, you get requests to come on this show because I've been doing it for so long. Yes. Yeah. And I stopped booking, you know, till the end of July because it's too far out. Then people. Yeah, it's too far out count right and when i saw your story just so you know which is great amongst all of them i go well i gotta talk about the jar i (laughs) I wish i wish i was coming i mean i I wish i didn't miss you like where's the jar (laughs) and and now you saw it it's one of four jars um i had four jars commissioned and um for the show a lot of intentional stuff gone into the to the concept and the and putting everything together, and this one is the it's the mason jar. Number four is the mason jar. Okay, but let's back up a little bit because yeah, sorry. I that's right. You were you were with the guitar teacher. Oh yeah, Thailand, right. Yes, in Bangkok, in Thailand. Yeah, and and that's when you started really revisiting the book thing. Yes, I really started exactly. And that's when the structure that I, and I took that time. Sorry. Yeah. That side, that was a kind of the, the side road we took putting the structure together. You said, I think that you went back to Vietnam. Yeah. So I was in, um, so you didn't leave to go on the road with the jar right away. You went, no, to this is, it took a long time. Vietnam. Yeah. It took a long time. So I was even. Yeah, I was even in India for a year, finishing, really even constructing the book. So I was in India working, and that gave me another 12 months to work on the structure and start to get the words together. Um, and then I took the job in Vietnam. And that's but at when, the time, were you still thinking? Yes. Or did you have a concept of the road trip, or are you just building the book? Building the book. Yeah. It really wasn't until Vietnam. Uh, and even the name, I had called it Project 444 for the longest time. It was Project okay. 444. And and it was just a pro, you know, it was a project. And I didn't have an I didn't have a catchy I was gonna call it Project 444. Um yeah. I didn't even know I needed an until the name hit me. You know, I was kind of thunderstruck with the name. Um 
and then that's when I, you know, all that kind of came together that I need a real jar. I need a, I need a real jar made for the show, you know, a blown. So commit, get a, get a glass artist to make the jar. Um, and hey, to start put the idea jar because here in, you are in Vietnam. Yeah. In Vietnam questions and the book and the words, but then where'd the jar come from? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. This is the weirdest. It's a most it's in it. I, I, I get asked this question. It really, it really drives me crazy because I try to remember back and, and I can't. And this is oh, why I love that. I love that. You yeah, know, I, it just was, it came to you. You were connected and boom, the idea came. That's it. And you again, even said when you were in Thailand is when the job was a lot easier and lighter and you were able to be more creative. So then yeah. when you went, back and then you went to india so when you were back to vietnam were you still in that light-hearted creative mode or were you working crazy again yeah it's kind of a new job right new job new business and everything and um and then i got lucky covid i don't know i got lucky and down the hatches i got you and 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 we were and in vietnam took it to the it took it to the extreme I was, yeah. I think I was locked in my apartment six months, five months, Ooh, five like months, no, out, no outside months. at all. Uh, outside to go, um, you go to the grocery store like once a week, twice a week, uh, okay. but there were no people on the street. Like you go on the streets, there were literally no, nobody on the streets. For a couple of weeks, one month, we were not allowed out. The military delivered groceries to the, to the local, um, and they kind of like an association, you know, the streets, the commune, the way the communist party set up, they have like a little communes, if you will, and little and people in charge of different districts. And so the military would work with them. And I got a bag of, you know, bag of food dropped off every few days by the military in Vietnam. I was like, my life was a little bananas at that point, but I was wait, so. Wait a minute. Okay. Were you going, I'm tr- I was trying to look up what was going on in there, but it's not pulling up. Were you going like, Start crazy for humans, like like what? Did oh, it was banana. Yeah, it was banana. That that was a little. Um, I'm a very much a human. Like I like being around people. I'm very human. I'm very communicative. And and so this was, yeah. It was a little bit weird, honestly, because yeah. it was no. There were no. And and the only person I would meet would be my driver. Um, he'd come pick me up on the. It was a while we couldn't even get the car on the road. He picked me up on the motorbike, and he had a special. He had a special uniform he had absconded somehow so he could drive around with his little uniform on his bike and no one and everybody thought we were like the police or something. It was really great. Fancy. Yeah, yeah I've I've got these pictures of us driving down the road where the presidential palace is and there's nobody on it's just us. Just yeah. him and I on this bike. Just some great memories. Yeah. But it did it allowed me to really, Sandy, to get into that, you know, really get into the mode of focusing on you know, fin- getting the book done. And then somewhere in there, this, this jar idea, the tour, putting it together and getting on the road came together and the van buying a van. And, you know, I, a lot of the stuff, I, I don't remember how it all came together, which is a crazy part. No, uh, it's wonderful. And I'm so glad you brought it up. People, are you listening? Because we were just in the, I have to say in the last month, the people that have been sending in questions over and over again mm. is they feel, which is why I was so excited to bring you on is well, for many reasons, but one of the big ones was they know 
that they're stuck in this non-creative mode, meaning it's the hustle. They're just going through it. It's so hard, right? It's so hard when you're in that. Hours. And they know even logically this doesn't make sense. Yes. Solution oriented and creative that you have to be out of that anxiety, fearful, angry mindset, but they don't know how to make the leap. You know I, my, what I mean? Big leap. It's, it's tough. And mine didn't happen overnight. Like you said, I mean, I was in Thailand when the creative, you know, when I started the process and I think if you are, if you are in a rut and you're listening and you're trying to find a way out, I, I would, I would suggest, you know, the way out is not over the wall. You know, it's probably under the wall. Um, and, I'm and what yeah. And what, what I mean by yeah, that is over the wall, but God. yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I had these kind of very intentional, I started some things that were very intentional mm. and I wasn't sure where they would lead. And I would, and I, and I was okay with that. Like I picked up the guitar and I knew I'm going to give this two years. I'm going to get a teach. And so for me to buy a real guitar, to spend $2,000. That's I, a real guitar, dude. I mean, you know, that's a real guitar. Consignment for 30, but go. yeah. <laughs> so if I'm going to do that, you know, and I reward myself, I had a good paycheck. I had a good bonus. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm, and that's a real guitar. I want to buy a real one and one. And actually, because one of these if, funny story about when I went in to buy the guitar, you know, this is the universe again, telling me I was on the right. Like for me, it was just weird, but not weird. I'm in this store and it's so intimidating. I'm this old fart and I'm looking around this store. I don't even know. I, I just look at it. They're be- They're all beautiful, you know, and I don't know which one I want and I have no idea which one I should buy. And, and I'm going to for sure buy the wrong one. You know, that's a hundred percent going to happen. <laughs> And uh, so I'm walking around looking at, and I'm kind of holding someone, you know, like the dumbest thing is a guy who doesn't, or a person that doesn't know anything about a guitar and holding it. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like strum it. Like you can't, you don't know anything. And so I'm walking around, I'm like, she's, and there's this guy, one guy around. I can't get this guy out of my mind. He just looks like, he looks like a, he's about my age, a little bit younger, maybe, but he looks like an old rock star. And he's sitting on these stools and he's picking up different guitars and he's playing them like, you know, rock star. And it's yeah. Vegas, so like it could be right. Yeah. I don't, and I, and I don't know faces. I w- it could have been. I mean, it, it, who knows? It could have been Jimmy Page. I wouldn't have known. Um, and I went up there and I'm like, "Hey, man, I, you know, I got a. Sorry, I, you know, Bobby, I got a question. I, this is my situation, and I'm buying a guitar. Like, do you have any recommendations?" And he didn't bat an eye. He looks at me. He goes, "The red one." And I'm like, "The the red one." He's like, "Yeah, you know, the one." in a crowded room where you're going to look across a room and you're going to, it's, it's going to call you and amongst all the things and people and everything in the house, you're going to see it and you're going to want to hold it. You're not going to want to, you're not going to want to put it down, get the red one. And like, it was like, boom, done. That's the one. Get the red one. And it turned out to be a bit red, actually, (laughs) which is a bit funny, but, it was weird. It was a great, like this guy was put like the fact that I was brave enough to ask him because I felt like a, you know, complete lunatic, a fraud, you yeah. know, in there. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And so I, and I felt really good that I bought the, you know, the right one. Um, but anyways, it was this intentional back to the, the point of being intentional about some things and not knowing the outcome, but knowing yeah. they're good for me, their personal development things, there are things I'd be proud to do things I want to do. And, 
I think if a guest is trying to find a way out, it, I, my suggestion would be do two or three things that are new, that are different, that are, and you can be intentional about it and put some, you know, a marker, like I'll quit in this time, like in two years, I'll quit. And that was my thing. I'll go yeah. and it'll, it'll suck for two years. I know it will. And if at the end of two years, I'm still going, okay, then I'm okay. Then it's okay. If not, I'll sell the guitar and there'd be no, no tears lost. I tried. And I'll have no regrets when I'm 70. Yeah. You know, I was just listening to an, another podcast that I love. And the guys were saying, okay, let's say you're not sure about this. You don't totally, you're not totally in, or you don't have that belief system. You're saying do little things. The little is, yeah. Like said, do little things to build up your faith, your belief and go, wow, wow. And it will lead over and over again you don't have to just say i'm quitting my job today no don't do don't do that <laughs> no money like you didn't quit your job you were doing the guitar and creating on the side while it was being revealed to you yeah and it was all kind of and when i did that things I, i'd say the universe you know wh whatever you want to call it things happen and they open up and windows and doors open up that you didn't see yeah, because you were open to it. You were open to it. You're you open to it. So for me, I look at it this way, Ken. I have, which most people, here is the emotions. On this side, it's all the love-based emotions. You know, peace, love, joy, power, confidence, brave. And on this side, it's the fear-based emotions. You know, anxiety, guilt, yes. you know, anger, hate. Okay, fine. You have both of them. But you can't be in both sides. Like you can't be coming from joy and anger. <laughs> right? You can only have one. You can only be at here's joy. Here's now you might yeah. switch forth. But when you're over here, just know where you are. Like, okay, I'm here. That's cool. But where the magic is going to happen is when you cross the other side. Anytime you're in any of those love-based emotions. So the more that you do, maybe you hate your job or you're in a bad marriage and you're not sure how to get out, but do other things like you did that bring you joy and happiness. Oh, interesting. And not like an autopsy looking back. That's kind of what happened. That's what you did. It's kind of yeah. what happened. You're doing all I, built, I built joy. Yeah. While you were working and then that it took momentum. Then it took momentum. And like you said, I don't know where I came up with the name jar. It just came to me it and it's amazing. And it was brilliant. Yeah. It's, you were so connected and it's yeah. words and why you picked the God book first. Doesn't matter. You were connected. There wasn't, yeah. you, weren't over, you weren't thinking it through. You were connected. Oh yeah. I definitely was not overthinking. You know, there's, yeah. in the, there's two things on that intentional being intentional in the planning and the execution and the, and yeah. committed to stuff, but don't, don't overthink it. Just do go. Momentum is like one of my Ken's rules. I have, I have like 24 of these rules and momentum is one. Just go, yeah. <laughs> go, just start doing you know, it. And I'm in emotion. Yeah. And you unintended consequences. Yeah. You know, yeah. and our energy, you know, when you start momentum, I mean, this is, it's really hard to stop stuff. Like, have you ever seen those video? Uh, we've all, I should say, we've all seen videos of cars in the recent winter storm sliding down a hill and ping ponging off other cars, right? That's called momentum. Or it's not always in San Francisco. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and they're just going bing, bing. And, you know, people are trying to hold them and stop. Guess what? You can't stop it once it starts going. That's right. Know? 
I'm going to ride it. Oh my gosh. Listen, yeah, they're going to kick my butt if we don't even get to at least. Okay. The other big question, which is some of your favorite people that you've had on the oh, job. Yeah. They're going to kick my butt. They're going to be like, wait a minute. Okay. We did that. We did that. But let's go to the people from around the country. Okay. A couple of, I mean, my, you know, the one I just, for me, still special is my first interview. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I knew nothing. I had never really practiced any recordings. I did a couple of like little things, but nothing official, nothing really serious. And, you know, nothing with a real guest on a real live mic. And uh, Pastor Carl, a good friend of mine from college, uh, referred me to his pastor. And he's a great interview. He grew up an atheist. Um, mm-hmm. And just his story. Yeah, his story is just, and he was, and he, because he's a, because he's a, you know, clergy guy, the, the way that they answer the questions, right. They lay this foundation and they build up the, the, you know, the pylons and they put a roof on it, you know, and it's just the way it's just, yeah, the great story. Absolutely. And the questions were just, so for me, for someone to reach into the jar and to blow through these questions like that and the way he was answering them, I was just like, wow, this is so amazing. Like even I was kind of going, I was, I was starstruck with his, you know, with his uh, eloquence. And he was such a great person. Uh, he was such a great person. And then, um, what city was that? Where was that? Was uh, I started in um, Olympia, Washington? Okay. So I, I'm doing 111 cities and 444 guests. And uh, so I started the Pacific Northwest, and I went across to Maine and uh, down the East Coast. And uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go down south. I'll go to, to Florida, and then I'll go back west. Mm-hmm. So um, Carl was great. Uh, Carl was great. And I think it's, you know, Tim is a good one to mention. Uh, again, Tim, Tim logged in, which you, 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 you listened to the beginning of that. And we, we talked briefly about it and just, I mean, what a great guy, as we said, he, a handsome guy, chiseled guy, high school, you know, he would have been the high school quarterback football star guy. He was that guy. He was a homecoming King, you know, yeah. went to the military super, everything above normal. And, but ultimately fell into depression and, you know, the monster, the monster in his mind took over. And as he said, he drank himself to the point where he was, I mean, his last, the last moments of his alcoholism were a powerful story. And, um, it takes you to the depth of humanity when you hear it from somebody and and you see, they're going to have to tune in and listen to that one. Tim is a great Tim and Tim's been on a couple episodes. So, or different um, podcasts as well. So if you find him, you can even probably Google his name, Tim, uh, L O I think it's L O G D E N or L O D G E N, um, logged in. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find that real quick. Um, and just leaves you, it, you know, it left me listening it. There's sometimes when I'm not even the, the podcast host, you know, I'm almost on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it just leaves you just so struck and awestruck with, um, with, with stories and courage, um, and faith and his wife, you know, the, the, the woman that she is, holy cow, you know, like without him, she's, you know, without her, she, he's dead. Yeah. And, you know, just an amazing, he's got an amazing story, an amazing journey. Um, see, there's another one that, you know, there's so many, there's so many great stories of, overcoming things right overcoming life um abuse 
um, neglect, um, the drug stories, you know, some parts of the U S mm. really, really affected with, with drugs. Um, Ohio was a tough place for me because that's where my, my dad is from. Um, so I interviewed, I went to my own, you know, my, the hometown where my dad was born and, yeah. you know, go you know, and around there and stuff. And man, you know, I met about three women, three moms, the lost kids to heroin. And, you know, as a parent, it's just mind boggling to imagine what that's like, uh, yeah. and watching, losing them and stuff. And their stories are powerful. Their stories yeah. are powerful, uh, in a good way. You know, there's no loss out of this. Or I should say out of the loss comes something positive. Um, yeah. And I'm, and it's weird. I'm not sure what role we all play in other people's lives. You know, we all have a different, it seems like we touch different people, different ways. And, Absolutely. you know, it seems some of us are here for, for different reasons and out of some of that carnage comes yeah. something beautiful you know, beautiful people grow up out of a pile of shit and, um, it's inspiring. I mean, it's heart wrenching, uh, but it's also inspiring. Yeah. The only other one I'd mentioned and maybe a a short one is, is also too on the road, you know, something that, that I just realized, um, is being careful with my own soul. And there are, I didn't realize it, but there is dark, there is a dark energy in some people. There are people who I wouldn't say possessed. I don't know. I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't profess to know what that is. Yeah. Um, but definitely have a bad energy. Yeah. And being in the same room with them um, and listening to their story Ooh, is very, that- it's a little bit dangerous. And I've yeah. been in a few situations where I might've made mistakes. Um and I was just chatting with a with somebody related to a com- one of those conversations, and man, that still that sticks. Some of those dark ones, mm. almost attached to my soul, in a way. Ooh. I can still think of them in the interview, and I still, Ooh. yeah, it t- like it's there. Like there's a there's an yeah. attachment, and I, and I like you know I feel like like <laughs> like how do I get that out of me? And there's a couple that has stuck really hard. And a couple of yeah. stories which are tragic in a way, um, hard to let go, hard to let go. Um, yeah. So it's, I think for my second half, I have learned that lesson. You know, I have to be a professional. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can't be an amateur and um, got to protect myself at, at times. You know, it's, yeah. I'm in the room with people. Yeah. Yeah. Which I and, think is exciting too. I mean, that's exciting. I, the weird part too, Sandy, is people like they they want me to come to their house. Yeah. So I I roll up in the van and you know pull up like pull up the house and it's like you know just hi how are you and okay and thirty minutes later they're telling me their life story it's crazy absolutely bananas and need that I mean forget telling your story but wow I get to tell it in person that's so rare you know it's really rare and so it's rewarding it, but I can see if it's. It's really rewarding. It's really rewarding, but there's times, you know, to the other side of it is, um, you know, it's yeah. not like everything there's, there's plus and minuses. And, uh, I mean, even the stories, even those tough stories, those dark, the dark people, the dark stories, um, who it's tough, you know, tough to shake those off, but I think yeah. I did, I did, I, I'm okay now. 
Shook, I shook a couple of those off, but a couple are still stuck inside. I got to figure out. A, I mean, my own exorcism. Like really put some fun. Get it out of your system. Okay. You know what? We have to go, man. This was, I loved it. I mean, I could talk to you all day, but we have to wrap up. But before we do, just give us a little taste of where you're going to be on the road next. Sure. I know right now you're in home base and you said you're taking a break mm-hmm. and you're Heading out again. Where are you headed? Um, Florida. I'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Atlanta. And I've got some interviews set up. I think George is done. Um, but I'll be looking for people in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Ooh. Arkansas, Missouri, and Texas. So anybody along that, anybody along my hurricane path, yeah. uh, you know, Hurricane Ken is coming through. Uh, I love that. And you I'd love that. Right. This is how this is how my mind works. Okay. You're going to meet some great people. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Man, he's going to experience all the different food. Because the first thing I would go and be like, okay, what uh, restaurant does this? What restaurant That's what I, I, I do live my life. I, I love, I'm a total foodie. And um, it has been a great joy to be back in America and eating some American food and eating all the different, you know, back to all the different foods after eating all kind of weird stuff and stuff. I didn't, yeah. you know, really yeah. want to eat at times and stuff. I've yeah. eaten some, I have eaten some strange stuff, Sandy. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have a burger and a hot dog sometimes. Yeah, but what I would, I would be like, okay, I'm in this town. Now, where do they have the best chili or the hamburger yeah. or hot dog? And I love that people want to tell you, you know, go oh, yeah. down the road. And you're like, yeah, this is a bit, They always give me the great recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Maine lobster Maine was still a, a was a win for me. I still I crushed the lobsters on May in Maine. Oh, lobster roll! I I, I can't cook, but I want to be a food critic. So I can <laughs> <laughs> just talk to the people and eat the food. All right, Ken. A- thank you for coming on the show. My let's keep it real, people. Come on, we kept it real. You're going to want to share it. It rate it. Ken and I will really appreciate that. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, thank you, Ken. And toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.